If you're a guest or a visitor and I've not met you before, my name is Tim. I'm one of the leaders here at Woodside. It's my privilege to launch part two of our series, Jesus the Game Changer. Often our series lasts for maybe five, six weeks. Uh, This time we're going significantly longer, partly because the Gospel of Luke is longer uh, than uh, some of the books uh, that we, we look at but also because we do feel in God that there are some real things yet to really uh, encounter God in, in his word. His word is living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword, um, and uh, it's, uh, uh, th- there's more in the Gospel of Luke that we feel God wants to really not just impress upon us, but impart to us, uh, to further equip us in our walk uh, with Christ uh, and uh, for us as a church. And uh, it's, um, we're going to be running through this half term, looking at the second part of the Gospel of Luke, selected uh, passages. So, for instance, I'll just give you, give you a bit of a taster. Next week, uh, it's uh, Father's Day, baby Thanksgiving, and from the story of Jesus and the Mount of Transfiguration, Adam's going to be preaching on Jesus, the Son. Uh, the following week, Luke Clements... Uh, it's going to be preaching uh, from the story of the Jesus stilling the storm. Storms are calmed. And uh, Luke has been living with this particular story for some months now. And uh, with practical application, really feels uh, God's put some things uh, on his heart to share. Uh, and then the following week, uh, Temba is going to be sharing uh, from the parable of the rich fall and a little bit of teaching of Jesus just straight after that, uh, from greed to generosity. This is Jesus the game changer uh, through his life and through his people. And then Ensign will take a week uh, on the Mary and Martha story, stressed to, devo- to, to devoted. And then we got our baptism, we got a baptism on uh, July the 15th, and uh, at that stage Martin is going to be preaching Lost and Found, uh, based on the story of the lost coin, the lost sheep, and the prodigal son. And then uh, Ruth Matthews, uh, the following week, uh, three days that changed everything, and looking at the death and the resurrection of Jesus uh, through the eyes of some of his followers. And then I've got the privilege of crowning the series at the very end. He's coming again and uh, looking at uh, the return of Christ and what Jesus says in the Gospel of Luke regarding his turn, when truly Jesus will change everything forever. Uh, And so that's all coming up. Now, am I the only one who's uh, thinking, oh, that sounds like it could be good? Okay, so today it's my privilege to uh, kick off part two, uh, which is passing the baton. And I've titled that on purpose because until this stage, as we read through the Gospel of Luke in Jesus' ministry, the disciples have been with Jesus, watching and listening to him, and no doubt learning and changing a great deal. Now... Jesus gives his disciples responsibility to do the works of the kingdom themselves. That's why I'm entitling this Passing the Baton. And uh, most people are familiar with relay races, and uh, I think Blessie will put the uh, next slide up. With, uh, uh, in an athletics uh, uh, event, there'll always be the relay at the end of all the other running events, and uh, you'll find that Four people usually, 
depending on the distance, it's still four people, all in a team are going to run a relay race, and the first person is carrying a baton. And without that, they can't even be in the race, and they've got to stay hold of it. They can't let it go. It's really, really important because that leg of the race is theirs to run with all of their might. And as they run, Ron, mate, can you come and join me a minute? And Ron, uh, so here, uh, go over there, Ron, come on. Uh, hand for Ron. Uh, you go down there, Ron, a bit. <laughs> uh, and you can just imagine, you can see in the picture, you can see in Ron's face as well, the anticipation. <laughs> The expectation, the adrenaline flowing, the concentration as this baton goes towards him and, uh, whether that's correct or not, uh, and he receives the baton and he starts running and he goes uh, away. Oh, he's really going for it. And he starts running and he's passing the baton on uh, to the next person and so on. So Ron, you can go back there. Let's have a hand for Ron just for the minute. Uh, you can keep it with you for the moment, if you like, but I want it back at the end. Uh, and in this particular chapter that we're looking at, Luke 9, we see Jesus sending the 12, and he says to them, you go. In fact, Ron, can I have it back? Oh, he's passing, oh you have to get it off, off Julie. I like the passing on, by the way. Uh, and he says, you go to the 12. And uh, then uh, in this chapter, it carries on, and we only have time to look at one story, but there are other stories as well. Then they come back, and then there's the feeding of the 5,000, and Jesus says to the disciples, you feed them. And then uh, he, he has a discussion with them uh, in the same chapter, and he says, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And on the basis of that belief, They run with the baton. And then later he says this. He says, if any man will follow after me, let him take up his own cross and deny himself. Uh, And uh, the the part of carrying the baton is laying down our lives for Christ as he laid down his life for us. So there's a relay race going on. And so in the first few verses, verses 1 and 2, then we'll read verse 6. We see this. You go. One day, Jesus called together his 12 disciples and gave them power and authority to cast out all demons and to heal all diseases. Then he sent them out to tell everyone about the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And then in verse 6, so they began their circuit of the villages, preaching the good news and healing the sick. Now, these are the same disciples who, in the Acts of the Apostles, were doing this kind of thing all of the time. You know, Peter preaching in the day of Pentecost. Peter and John at the Golden Gate saying to the, uh, to the uh, beggar who was lame, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. Uh, it says in, in Acts that uh, the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. It says that the word of God kept spreading rapidly. But here is their first time. One day, Jesus called together the 12 disciples and he gave them power and authority to cast out all demons and to heal all diseases. He passed the baton on to them. Now, two things that he was giving them, 
that the baton symbolizes in my particular illustration today. Firstly, he gave them power. Now, power is the ability to do these things that Jesus has asked him to do, them to do. And uh, we read in Acts 10.38 of Jesus. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And if Jesus needed the power of the Holy Spirit in his life and ministry, how much more do we? But Jesus was saying, I'm giving you power. Now you go. And then secondly, he gave them authority. Power is the ability to do these things. Authority is the right to do these things. Now, in 1976, I was presented with a driving license. I bet lots of you have never seen one like this before. Uh, I can take it out of here and open it up. There's a whole page of driving license. These days, it's like a credit card, but I've never actually had to renew it and get another one. And this is still my valid driving license. Uh, But what does it do? It authorizes me and has done ever since 1976 to drive a car in the UK anywhere I want. I don't have to ask permission. I can just get in, turn the ignition key, and go wherever I want because I've got authority to do so. What Jesus is saying here to his disciples, I'm giving you power, that's the ability, and the authority to go and tell others about the kingdom of God and to pray for the sick and cast out demons and go. That's what he was doing. Now, he says the same to us as 21st century Christians because the baton has been passed on. We're all commissioned by Jesus to tell everyone about the kingdom of God. Um, and when, if those of you are around for Dave Devonish's preach on the parable of the sower, you know how generously Jesus' expectation was that God's word would be spread by his followers. We have been empowered to heal the sick. Acts 1.8, you shall be, receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. And Mark 16, go into all the world, says Jesus, and preach the good news to everyone. I love that. Everywhere, everyone. Just like the driving license. You can go anywhere with this in the UK. And Jesus is saying, you can go anywhere. Uh, with this message of my love, of, of the good news, of what I've done for people, and you can go in my power, everyone, anywhere. And uh, so they will be able to place their hands on the sick, and they will be healed. That's a wonderful thing, Jesus said, that this miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. Now, I passed a baton on, And Ron took it, and then he passed it on further. But I've got more than one baton, and so has Jesus. You see, it's not one baton, one at a time. It's not one star champion in a relay race. But Jesus passes the baton on. He's passing the baton on to every one of us. I give you, Vicky Andrews, power and authority, says Jesus. You go and tell them. You go to wherever you are. And off you go. Anessa Chola, I give you power, says Jesus, and authority. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hudson. Come on, Hudson. 
You see, it symbolizes. There's, there's a race going on. Uh, there's something going on, uh, which is uh, James Massey. And there are two more. I want them back at the end. <laughs> hey, look, look at this man. Look at Jeff. <laughs> you see, in fact, if I had more than six, Jesus is giving everyone. He says, it's your turn. I'm sending you. I'm in you. You can't do anything apart from me. But my calling on you is to take this message of the kingdom in my power wherever you go to anybody who's there. That is the message. That was the commission to the twelve, which is now the commission upon the whole of the church, every individual within it. Rather than many gathering to where Jesus was, now... A game-changing thing has happened. The ministry of the kingdom of God was going out simultaneously wherever the disciples went. They did a circuit of the villages. And Jesus wasn't even physically present with them. He sent them to go and to do the ministry. The work of the kingdom is now taking place in a number of places where the people lived and worked through the 12 people that Jesus had sent. This was a game changer. And it's even more so today, as believers in Christ are seeking to reach cities and towns across this nation, and in fact, across the nations of the world. Now, when you go home to your neighborhood, to your workplace, spend time with friends and family, take the baton with you. In fact, can I have a baton again? I'll just, anyone will do. That's great. Take it with you. When we start meeting, those of us who are going to start meeting in the West as a third service, we're taking the baton with us to another part of the population of this town with the love of Jesus. When people in other local churches in our locality are going out with this message of the kingdom, they're taking the baton too. In fact, unlike a relay race, there's an unlimited number of batons. Jesus says, I'm giving my people power and authority. Now in this story, we see the disciples stepping out for the first time. Everybody steps out for the first time. Somewhere. They step out for the first time. I can remember the first time I brought a prophecy in a church, church gathering. I was a student in a church in Wimbledon, quite a sizable church. I think I might have brought a prophecy or two just in little student gatherings, but nothing like this. And in the worship time, I just felt that God was giving me an, uh, a phrase, really, just uh, uh, that God wanted to bring. And I was just trusting him that maybe some more would follow, but I wasn't sure. I'd never done this before. My heart was going pound, 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 pound within me. And uh, uh, by the way, that's not the Holy Spirit causing my heart to pound. That's my anxiety responding to the Holy Spirit's prompting, uh, which uh, can often happen. I was saying, Lord, if this is really you, uh, then please confirm it. And the worship just went quiet. And then one lady stood up and said, Jesus, please speak to us. And I saw that as my confirmation. And then just stepped out. 
Have you ever prophesied before? You see, the scripture says that I will pour my spirit on all flesh. My sons and daughters, they shall prophesy. In 1 Corinthians 14, it says, uh, earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Um, Some people, it may be time to have your first time bringing a prophecy somewhere, in some context. Or what about a word of knowledge? I had a friend who was a head teacher who has gone to be with Jesus some years ago now, um, but he was a head teacher in Cheshire. And um, he, almost like a little mini revival happened in his school and his church sort of simultaneously. And quite a few staff members became Christians, one of whom was the school cook. And on one particular morning, a teacher came, to, came into school really distressed. And she was distressed because she had lost her wedding ring, didn't know where it was, had searched high and low for it, couldn't find it, knew she had to come into school, but couldn't find the presence of mind emotionally within herself to actually stand in front of her class of children to teach them. Now, the school got to hear of this, uh, and standing in the quietness of the kitchen, as it was, you know, half past eight, whenever it was in the morning, when she was just preparing things, um, she'd been recently become a Christian, she'd been baptised with the Holy Spirit, and she said, Jesus, you know where this wedding ring is. And at that moment, she had a picture in her mind's eye of a lady sort of uh, bag, it's sort of this sort of size, sort of shopping type bag, with, which, you know, some of these have just to reinforce the base, have sort of like a cardboard flap at the bottom. And she saw a ring underneath this flap. So she went to the teacher and she said, have you got a bag like this? And she described the bag. And the teacher said, well, yes. In fact, it was there in the staff room full of school books that she'd marked the night before. And then she said, well, I've been praying and asking Jesus and I think your ring's in the bag under this flap. School books came out. The teacher went underneath to look and there was the wedding ring. Now, this teacher wasn't a Christian, but guess what? She really wanted to know who Jesus was and all about him from that point onwards. Now, I wonder, what story might you have if you go grabbing the baton when you go to work tomorrow? Who knows what God might do when you go back to your neighborhood or friends and family today? And when Jesus says, ask and you to receive, he really means it. And when we seek earnestly the gifts of the Holy Spirit, words of prophecy, words of uh, knowledge and that kind of thing, who knows what God might do? We're meant to be on an adventure sent by Christ, full of the Spirit and his word and open to hearing him and actually making a difference wherever we go. Hallelujah. And that's the passing on. Uh, One aspect of passing on the baton. What about the first time? Have you ever had a time when you've shared your faith with somebody? Well, if not, there's a first time. This was the disciples' first time in Luke 9. When's yours going to be? And for others, maybe praying for someone to be healed or anything else. I'm going to tell a story just briefly because I have it prepared sometimes and then put it off because of time. But this story may help some who are just looking to, uh, you know, I'd really love to talk to someone about Jesus. I'd love to have the faith for this, but I, I just don't know. I just find it hard. I don't even have the expectation. There was a young couple in a church uh, that I used to be in when I was a teenager many years ago and uh, led by a man called, uh, a famous leader at the time called David Pawson, and um, they were praying for their neighbours to be saved. Nothing happened. 
And in the end, they got so discouraged, they talked to David Pawson, their pastor, about this. And he said, well, have you ever talked to them? And they said, well, no, we haven't. Well, he said, well, can you even believe that they could become Christians? Well, no, we can't. So he just gave them a challenge. He said, why don't you go home this week and pray together, asking that Jesus will give an opportunity just to talk to those neighbours about anything this week. Okay? They went home, prayed, and guess what? That week, they had an opportunity over the garden fence to talk to their neighbours. So they were really pleased and encouraged by this, went back, told David Pawson, and he said, well, why don't you pray this week that you'll have another conversation, but this time that you'll be able to talk about church or Christianity or something with them as well. So they prayed. And that week, the, uh, uh, they had a, the neighbours just said to them in this conversation, said, well, you, you go out somewhere every Sunday at the same time. Where do you go? Well, that was their answer to prayer. They had the conversation. And then the next time they prayed, well, Lord, please, you know, we're going to invite them for coffee. Please, will they come? And they did. And then they got to a stage where they felt confident to say, Lord, we want to invite them to a special meeting at church. And they came. And guess what? Eventually they came and gave their lives to Christ. You see, sometimes we're going for this big thing that we can't imagine and can't believe. But if we go step by step, being sent by Jesus telling others, looking to be an influence about him. Who knows what might happen? Let's all be praying that kind of thing. It's part of Jesus passing on the baton to us. And then I said about first time praying for someone to be healed or anything else. I want you to welcome James and Kathy Massey, who are going to tell us a very recent story just from two months ago, which has just been currently uh, confirmed in relation to uh, healing. So can we have a hand for James and Kathy? So I'm going to give you a mic each. And James, his first language is Punjabi, and it's the language he expresses himself in the most uh, fluently and the most confidently. And so Kathy uh, is going to translate. Uh, they're going to work it out together. But... James and Kathy, a couple of months ago, you came to the well where we pray for people who are sick and want to encounter God and that kind of thing, and you came really quite distressed. What is the reason you came? Why were you so distressed? Let me start the, my testimony before. welcome greet you all in the name of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And Mary testimony Shuru Kanto Pella Metanasana Chanda. I would like to tell you first for my testimony. Yeah. Oh Jada Gitanika is song Jada Jesus pay my all the debt. The song Jesus paid all my debt that we were singing earlier. Yeah. Only made a healing that there are debt that you some seen a pekita. And Jesus paid the debt for my healing. Yeah. Man normally come to Janda Jada may come karna jadahana. When I go to work. I thought So you do work, come to church, and then work, and it does continuous life. And God brought a U-turn in my life. I became very sick. I became, I, I could see double vision in one eye. So I went to the, um, phone the hospital. The doctor, 
So the doctor in Bedok, he'd done lots of tests, blood tests, um, uh, blood pressure and um, sugar levels, and he said everything was normal, and he couldn't find anything wrong. And then he sent me to the eye clinic doctor the next day. I could still see double vision. Yeah, double vision. So I could, even though I could still see double vision, they said somebody will ring you the next day. But nobody phoned. Right, just before you say that, um, the doctor did say that it's a collapsed nerve um, in the eye, next to the eye, and it's collapsed. Yeah. So we asked the doctor, how long does this type of thing take to heal? But doctor said, ten to six months. It says, takes three to six months to heal. I've never been off sick from work, always at work. Sunday was We came here to church. Yeah, Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, and then somebody, when the, when the church finished, somebody well. told us there's a meeting called the well yeah. to come. Then we came. So we came to the meeting for, for the well. There was about 12 people around. And they made about four, four groups, four separate groups. So in our group, there was Tim and Catherine, Catherine and wife. myself. And James. Kathy and Kath, a Paul's wife. Yeah, so there was James and myself, and Kath came to support us. And we all were praying. 45 minutes pray. Kiti. About 45 minutes. Yeah, the 45 minutes pray. So as we, while we were praying within that time, God's power came very strong. There's on my left eye, I could feel like hot, hot lot of hot heat was coming on my eye. And instantly I, I could um, I was healed. Double vision koi double vision hoya. The double vision had gone. Yeah. So now from now to two months now it's no more double vision. No more double vision. The Otobad so on the 17th of May, we had another appointment with the eye clinic. Yes, 17th of May, you know, my appointments. So the doctor thought that he, you still have double vision. And so the doctor was there, and she was a young girl, and we told her, no, that we, James, that there is no double vision anymore, that God is the one that has actually healed us. So we shared our testimony with the lady, yeah. with the doctor. Yeah, so they done so they done rechecked again and um and she said we have to do the checks again. So they done the checks again and they said your eyes are perfect. Oh, you've been discharged. Thanks for Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Bye bye. Um, now this is all to do with passing on the baptistry. Well, how does that fit? Isn't that amazing? This is the last two months. Here, just over there in this room, God was doing some healing. As he has been doing, we're getting more and more stories coming through. But this is the, this is the thing. James and Kathy came to the well the following month. And 
last week. Why? Freely you've received, freely give, to pray for others to be healed. I was watching them the whole of the break, uh, nearly, uh, between last service, because they were sharing testimony, and this one, praying for people to be healed. You see, what happens is there's a U-turn, not just on the receiving end, but on the giving end too. And Jesus has called us to be those, he says, you take it. You take it. You take the baton. I'm giving you power and authority. I'm giving you the ability and I'm giving you the authority to pray and to minister and to speak to anyone everywhere. My good news. Isn't that fantastic? So let's have a hand for James and Kathy as they go back. (laughs) And can we stand together? And I wonder, Blessy, can you put on the last slide, please? Because I just want to do some praying right now. Can those people with uh, uh, these um, batons, can you just bring those back, please, just to here? That would be really helpful. Thank you. So any others as well? Whoever's got a baton, that would be brilliant. Just, just down. Uh, wonderful. One more somewhere. There it is. <laughs> Thanks, Josh. <laughs> there you go. Lovely. Excellent. Thank you. Now, shall we pray? I want to pray for those that want to step out, first of all, for the first time. First time may be praying for someone to be healed or praying for them for anything, actually, for something else. Or first time bringing a prophecy, or first time bringing a word of knowledge, or first time receiving the power of the Holy Spirit. If you really, at this moment, think, do you know what, I want a first time with one of these things or something else, why don't you just raise your hand before the Lord, we'd love to pray for you. First time. And then in addition to that, just keep your hands there, please, those people. For some of us, it's just been a long time since I stepped out. A long time since I stepped out in prophecy or offering to pray for someone or to speak to someone about Christ. And if you're in a situation where it's been a long time and, Lord, I'm ready to be sent out, as it were, again, would you also just raise your hand? We're just going to pray for both of those. First time or, or it's been a long time. I'm putting my hands up for it's been... There's been some things that it's been a long time for me. I know I'm telling all these stories. But Lord God, we pray together in Jesus' name for those who are looking to step out for the first time or even be filled with your Holy Spirit for the first time. Will you come and empower and send and open doors and give opportunities in Jesus' name? And for those of us for whom it's been a long time, then Lord Jesus, we pray for fresh stories of you being at work in and through us, Jesus the game changer through his people in 21st century Bedford. In Jesus' name, we just pray for lots of stories of first time in Jesus' name. Just come now, just be on the receiving end right now if you're uh, one of those people. Just be on the receiving end. And just talk to Jesus. Tell him what you're asking for uh, right now. 
in Jesus' name. I just feel there's some others that, um, as you're still just receiving, who you're thinking, I don't know if I've ever heard God speak to me. I mean, I can read the pages of Scripture and that kind of thing. But I really love it. I mean, if, if you're going to bring a prophecy, you've got to know what God's saying. If you're going to bring a word of knowledge, you've got to know what God's revealing. Um, and uh, if you want to be led by him to pray for a colleague or a neighbor or a family member, you need his prompting. And if you really would love to be in the way of knowing God speak to you through his guidance by the Holy Spirit, I wonder if you'd also raise your hands. And, or just lift your hands to God. I, I'm not saying raise your hands to show anybody, but this is you and God. But raise your hands before God. And Lord, I just pray for those that are doing that right now. I pray that suddenly uh, we'll discover that you're a speaking God. You speak by your spirit. You prompt. You lead and guide. Lord, I pray for miracles this week. I mean, we didn't do the feeding of the 5,000, but when the people gathered, miracle happened. Miracles happened. Every time we gather, Jesus does miracles. Whether we see them, know them, like we have heard a story of James and Kathy or not, things happen. And Lord, may we know miracles happening as a result of our prayers now, this week as we go out, as we're sent out from here. We just ask for more and more stories of your kingdom advance in and through our lives as we reach out with the love of Jesus to others. We ask in Jesus' name. Thank you. And there's just one more thing I'd like to put your hands down that um, I just want to uh, say. I had a, a WhatsApp message, uh, almost like a prophetic word, really, from uh, Ruth Byfield. Some of you will know Ruth. Um, yesterday, who knew I was, my preach was entitled Passing the Baton, although she didn't know exactly where that was going to be taught from. And um, she said, I, I saw you like in a hurdle race. Um, and it was a long race, and there were lots of hurdles. But when you started the race, this was something personally to me, you didn't have a baton in your hand. But as soon as you got to the first hurdle, Jesus put a baton in your hand. You jumped over the hurdle, but then the baton disappeared again. And then you ran to the next hurdle, and Jesus was there. And then he gave you the baton again, and you jumped the hurdle, and then you kept running but the baton disappeared. And this just kept going on in sequence over and over and over again. And I thought, that's not just for me, because in my own life, either if it's a challenge, um, uh, for, you know, like even preaching today, I've been aware, Jesus puts a baton in your hand when you need it. You preach the word. Uh, and Because he says, I'm giving you power and authority. But also, hurdles are often burdens and difficulties. And some people, you haven't even got the energy to think about being used by God to bless anybody else. You just need his strength right now. And if you're in that situation, one of those two, either you just feel uh, hurdles are becoming burdles, if you know what I mean, burdens, uh, and you just need God's strength right now. Why don't you just lift your hands before the Lord? I just need, I need his strength as I run this race. You see, Jesus passes the baton just when you need it. And sometimes it's for you. But also for those of us that you feel, actually, I want to do some new things. I want to be in a place where my faith is stretched. Like those 12 who went to the villages, they'd never done it before. Jesus wasn't even physically there with them. He just sent them off. But doing some things together. Now, thankfully, Jesus is with you now by his Spirit. 
but you want to do some fresh things and you want to know the baton passed on to you just when you need it, if you're in that situation, also raise, or just bring, lift your hands before God and let's pray once more. Lord God, we just pray for one another, thanking you that you, Jesus, don't send us empty-handed, but you send us equipped. And you say, I've given you power and authority. I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. I'm here with you as your comforter and your strength for those for whom the hurdles are just trials and difficulties and barriers and burdens. Jesus, will you do some breakthrough in the lives of those dear ones right now? And will you, part of that breakthrough, will it just be the strength by your spirit? Even now, Lord, come by your spirit and bring some strength. And then in addition to that, to those of us who are looking for fresh challenges, want fresh steps of faith, Lord, we pray as we come to each of those hurdles, each of those fresh steps, each of those never done this before, that you would turn up and equip and empower in wonderful ways. And we ask this in Jesus' name and for his glory and the extension of his kingdom. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Now, uh, let's give God glory, shall we? What a wonderful God you are.